Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Second Take Podcast. I program time myself and I'm Alex. I'm Zancy Weber, Nino Kung Fu. I'm the host who didn't worry about the bass, Sebastian. And today... As you may have guessed, we're reviewing The Matrix, starring Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, Hugo Weaving, Gloria Foster, Joe Pantoliano, Marcus Chung, 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 pretty sure, Um, Julian, or Julian Arahanga, you were doing such a good job, Matt Doran, Belinda McClory, I think. And Anthony Ray Parker was written and directed by the Wachowski siblings. And that's that. <laughs> well, that was a thing. Um, that was a really you got good most of the names. I did. Um, most of them. Mostly. Yeah. Um, we've decided that we asked you some questions and we're going to answer them. Yeah, so I guess this is going to be the... <laughs> we asked them some questions, did we? <laughs> to, we yeah. asked them a question, which was, can you ask us some questions? And they didn't just say yes, they're bad <laughs> listeners, and then they sent actual questions. Oh, so, no, bad <laughs> listeners, bad. No, no, good listeners, <laughs> bad, bad active listeners. No, Um so I guess new format for us. We're going to be throwing this at the very the head of the, sh- the uh, review shows from now on. Yeah. So if you guys have ever submitted anything, this is the time to jump on, I guess. Alrighty. We have not proofread these ones because we are bad hosts. No, no, no. I wanted to proofread them and Seb wouldn't let me. Yeah, because I also wanted to proofread them, but it happened like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Bad hosts. Yeah. All right. Starting off with, we have three from Joshua Coomba. Oh, oh good old Joshy Coomby. So, which movies should have been good but were miscast? Who should have been cast instead and why? What movie should have been good Ooh. but it was miscast? I'm going to jump on an obvious one. I'm just going to say Batman v Superman. Jesse Eisenberg and was hilariously miscast. I don't think the cast would have changed saved that movie. But I think him not being the worst performance I've seen in years would have helped the movie at See, least. I think Jared Leto would be the super obvious answer. But I've got. I think like you can go like the worst casting ever, which is traditionally yep. Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's as Mister Unioshi. But he's lovely. No, 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 he's no, not. No, okay, I take it back. Super racist. <laughs> he was a really white guy playing a really toothy, coke bottle lensed glass, uh, really offensive accented. Asian man. This is Mickey Rourke is in... No, not Mi- Mickey Rourke, Mickey Rooney. Oh, good. It was like Mickey Rourke from The Wrestler. I was like, oh, <laughs> that does sound nasty. No, and it literally, if just cast any Asian man. Yeah, and that, that would have been fine. Gets rid of that problem. Like, Breakfast of Tiffany's isn't a bad film, but that's definitely a bit miscast. Alex, what do you reckon? Um, yes, 
That is a very good question. Let me think about that for a second or two. I'm just going to say that I did not enjoy watching um, uh, You're doing so well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my new role is encouraging Ooh. people. Patronizing. No, no, I'm encouraging it's like, you. Oh, you're doing really well. I'm going to put this podcast on the fridge right at the top. Yeah. Oh, magnet right in this one. Um, look, I'm going to say. Um, I don't. Oh, I don't know. We'll come back to it. Yeah. Next. This is why I require time to prepare <laughs> my answers. So they were on Facebook. I just didn't read them to you guys, but they were there. Well, we were doing other things. I don't look at the Facebook. That's <laughs> your area. And you made a whole thing about like we're not reading them. We're just doing them on yeah, the Yeah, it's fly. true. I did make a proclamation. Uh, which movie <sighs> flops deserve a second chance, either a sequel, prequel, or reboot, and why? Suicide Squad. Green Lantern springs to mind. Oh. They need to make an appearance somewhere in the JLA to be accurate. That was just the whole thing. So Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad. Don't cast Jared Leto. Suicide <laughs> Squad. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it in general. Oh, what's a movie that wasn't loved but should have been okay? I guess Waterworld had some cool ideas but wasn't a great film. Like, I remember fair, loving that film. I remember not, but conceptually I do like it. So maybe that a, little old man in the in the in the dinghy yeah. in the oil tanker. Oh, best scene. Beautiful. Um well actually I answered a question the other day on another podcast. Um, the Lady Parts podcast, another Brisbane film podcast that's all about women and women in movies, they said, which which movie would you want to re, redo with all-female cast? And I thought Top Gun. Oh. I'd like an all-female Top Gun. That could be fun, yeah. Because, yeah, I think Women in the Army is a story that hasn't been told yet. I would have gone Reservoir Dogs. I also suggested Clockwork Orange. Oh, interesting, yeah. With all, all women. Yeah. But I don't think a Clockwork Orange needs to be touched ever at all. I think it just exists in its place in history now. Yeah. No rebooting. That's fair. I think the Justice League needs to be rebooted just, just so before it happens. This next one's a bit difficult because it's not so much a question as it is a statement that With a question mark needs, at the end? Yeah, kind of. Big budget, choose your own adventure style movie. You get to make some of the critical, the critical decisions of the protagonist. Thoughts. Obviously additional costs involved, but it's not like we have to necessarily create a whole need set. Exactly. So pretty much the idea of having a film come out where you as an audience member dictate actions taken in the film. So I feel like this is more saying like, hey, do you like VR? Yeah. When VR becomes more of a thing, I think this is exactly where movies are going to go. Or TV shows or something. There'll be a new experience where it's... But it's, it gets into the realm of gaming. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. I don't, think, I don't think this could be called a movie. Maybe it is like a, either a super simplistic game or... Yeah. I've done something like this. On YouTube, um, one of the YouTubers I follow called Markiplier, he's normally a gaming guy, but he's getting into skits. Uh, I think it was Valentine's Day this year. He released a thing which was shot in first person as if you were going on a Valentine's Day date with him. And at the end of every episode, they all, he released them all at once. You could pick, do I want to do this, 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 all this? And you'd select it and you'd move to the next scene and it would tell vastly different stories. Like remember he had like 16 different endings. 
And it was like a video game to the extent that you have to click to pick the next action, but it was effectively a choose-your-own-date. But it was all very funny stuff. And it, I think it worked really well, but on YouTube, yes, but like in cinema, it's almost, it had to be impossible, right? Like, well, as, to be as, personal as, screen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You may as well just be at home. As soon as yeah. you have like a... A group of people. It's always like a voting system, and like, oh, well, it's like I mean, that's anything you could vote, and it goes majority wins, sort of thing. And then you. What get if the it's next an even split? The movie breaks. Everyone dies. There's a secret third path. What if there are three paths and they have a three-way split? These are the things that keep me up. What at if night. there are five parts and there's a five-way split? God, the what movie explodes. And that's dies. ridiculous. Never but for YouTube, definitely an avenue. Like I, I've, I, I've yeah. having done something like this. YouTube Red. I thought it was really fun, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it a film. I wouldn't call. It well, that this a was film. a series of shorts. Yes. Yeah. But it, like I said, you, you do it and go through all the options. We were there for about an hour, hour and a half, hour twenty. I could see it being something that you could do in a theme park as like a ride, like that forty bullshit experience. They always give yeah. you like movie world and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but not so much like a forty. But like you're in a place and like this is. Uh, like a Justice League theme park specific movie or <laughs> Where adventure that you you've always do. got two options but one option never works so you pick the only other option and it takes you through the story as it was meant to be. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, moving on, we have final two questions from Shane Anderson. All right. Most obscure movie you know of that you try and force everyone to watch and they always seem to hate it. Dancer in the Dark. No one watches it because I tell them that it's the most depressing movie ever. Well, that's not you telling them to go watch it then. I do. I say go watch it. It's a great movie. It's the most sad movie in the entire world. It's so depressing, but it's so pretty. Your pitch has failed on me, sir. <laughs> also, <laughs> Triplets of Belleville. It won an Academy Award and still no one watches it. Well, it's a French cartoon. Ah. Well, I can't watch it. One being best animation. Uh, one or nominated. I can't remember. Is it Twin Sitters? No, I'm kidding. Twins? It was the two like wrestler guys and they're twins and then they have to look after a set of twins or oh, something. I have no idea what this is. I feel like I should uh, know. Yeah, it's like trashy 90s movie. Yep, sure. Shane won't watch it. No, I and I'm not actually suggesting that. It just came to mind because you were talking about a shitty film. So, <clears throat> Excuse me? <laughs> that was so a, does you a have jab. A, I an obscure that. movie that you always take people to watch but they never do? I don't think I've got one. Like... I only watch good movies. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, Both of my movies are good movies. I'm sure they are. I hate I'm, you people. I'm so sure they are. I'm sure they're great movies. Good as in promised. like not obscure. You mean popular. Yeah. And obscure. <laughs> I just can't think of anything obscure that I've watched. Like, I've tried to get Jess to sit down and watch Mulholland Drive with me. Uh, like not. being well, John Malkovich. A fine movie. I don't I would, think that's obscure either. That's a cult hit. Yeah, like, it is obscure. With Mulholland Drive, I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but it's a fine movie. But it's it's obscurity is not the issue. What's it's a movie? Density is the issue. Oh, uh, maybe The Warriors, the one that you get everyone to watch and everyone seems to hate. Yeah, but the problem is it's you two that don't like it, and then <laughs> and then I go to any other film review show and they love it. Who? Which yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to point fingers at you guys. But like Watchmen. you two are the minority. No, the Warriors. The Warriors. Like oh, you two yeah. are the minority of the situation. That's why I was so I was so what shocked that, with the review. That stupid kill death thing bollocks that we watched. What do we what? What? You know, where the princess 
hang glided out of a forbidden. Oh, did her alive? Yeah, that's not obscure. That that's also great, Zane. Freaking terrible. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, dude. Seriously, Twin Sitters, nineteen ninety four. Who's in it? Uh, Peter Paul and David Paul. I have no idea who they yeah, are. Me neither. They're wrestlers, uh, did you say? Well, they look like wrestlers. Can I see them? Give me, give me, give me your phone. Give me your phone. Yep, this will work. Hang this will work over the podcast. Give me your phone, Dose. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm pulling out the picture. <laughs> um, I'm going to move on to my next question in the meantime. And our last question. Favorite shot in cinema? Uh, Kill Bill, the Crazy Eight fight, the whole thing. There's a series of just fantastic fights. Uh, best, yeah, really great cinematography during that whole sequence. Uh, the bit where they're silhouetted um, or where they're sh- where it's like a shot from above over a, uh, like a glass zen. There's a zen garden and a glass floor above it and she's in the centre of the glass floor just fighting this army of uh, ninjas about her. Like, yeah, that whole thing. And then onto Oranishi, just like mwah, perfect cinematography, mm. perfect fin- end to a film. Alex? See, this is one of those questions where I would have loved time to sit down and think about my answer because there are a lot of films out there and I don't have favourite things like that on the top of my head. Stupid. So no answer again. No answer again. (laughs) Well, to answer your thing about that picture of the the wrestlers and stuff. The Barbarian Brothers. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea who the hell those are. Maybe it never existed and Alex just made it all up and... Planted that information on IMDb to bamboozle everyone. Don't think I'm that creative. Oh, don't say that creative. You might be in such a short amount of time. (laughs) As for my favorite shots, I'm struggling to think of it. Like, you guys know, obviously, I like Edgar Wright films, and he has a lot of beautiful shots in his films, but just to isolate, like, one, like, his transitions are his thing. That's not necessarily his shots. Like, they're all well framed and all that but it's really his just movement from scene to scene that does it for me but as for an individual shot that's great oh i forget is it casino that has that really long one where they're when they introduce like the actual club itself it's it's, it's either casino or goodfellas but i think it might be casino there's this lovely long shot where it's bringing you through the entire um yeah building, that's casino. following through all the guests and everything and you're seeing like both the front of house and back of house and all that all happening and that's a great one just purely used for an establishing shot like it's really clever and but it doesn't feel like it drags on but yeah i agree with alex i did cock it up here we're giving us no notice well well (laughs) (laughs) so the movie though the matrix the matrix let's talk about the matrix oh yeah my boy keanu the barbarian brothers now it's probably for the best, <clears throat> just in general. Connecticut born. Connecticut born. Yeah. As in they were born in Connecticut. Oh, I I cannot tell you how much I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. Um, bit of trivia about Matrix. You want to hear it? Yeah. Tell me, tell me all your trivia. Before I get crucified by film fans, it's Goodfellas, not Casino. Okay. As you were. Good. I need to make sure before I got fucking hung. Good. Um, so, Will Smith could have been Neo. Yeah. He passed it up to do Wild Wild West. I, <laughs> I think we brought this up on another episode. He not might sure still if, be Neo in the remake. Yeah. I Why? really hope there is a remake and that he is Neo. Why? That would no. be fantastic. 
No. Yeah. No. Because it's one letter away no. from being Italian for black. Just give it. Just what? Shut up. Nero. <laughs> just give it. Just, just give it to Jared Leto. They, they, He'll do so much better job with it. Oh my god! Get the fuck out of your house. What are you <laughs> talking about? I'm being sarcastic, obviously. I was like, are you secret drunk? You can tell us if you're secret drunk. I'm not secret drunk. I wish I was secret drunk. You Me just get too. secret drunk. Jeez. Any more trivia? I do have um, some trivia. I also have more trivia. You're great, the, you guys. The, the last scene in in the train station, Neo and Agent Smith mm-hmm. went 10 days over shooting. It is like massively underestimated what it would take to get that scene done. So, and uh, well, you just just looking at me. Just get I'll just get it all out there. Sure. Um, yeah. So the bullet time, which was uh, well, really popularized by this film, it was before the end of that year used in twenty other films. If we're going to go on the bullet time spree, this isn't the first movie to do it. It was Blade. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but this this is the first movie that made it super popular. Oh yeah, I just yeah, yeah. that's all the trivia I have prepped is that Bullet Time happened (laughs) in the Blade movie first, then Um, then this film. Apparently, this was mainly shot in Sydney. Yes, yeah, and because they couldn't find anywhere um, dull enough, I think was similar to what they said uh, to look like uh, the mundane Matrix world. (laughs) So they shot it in Sydney. Lovely. I was like, they, they, they shot in Sydney, but they couldn't find anything too dull. So then they shot half the film in Brisbane. <laughs> they just nailed the dullness. They should have gone to Perth. <laughs> oh, Perth's lovely, apparently. I've been there once. Is it good? Don't remember. Yeah, good. <laughs> like anything 10 else? 10 years ago. Um, that's all from me. Zane, any more? Uh, look, there's a lot of things, but I think most of it will come up during, yeah. during the... Uh, I mean... Uh, the choreographer, the fight choreographer, Whooping Wen, I believe, Yuen Wen, I believe it's Wen, Whooping Wen, um, refused, didn't want to work on the film, so he asked for like a super huge amount of money and then the Wachowskis were like, yeah, we want you, so you can have it. And then it was like, oh, okay, uh... Okay, well, Shit. I'll only do it if I have complete control and editorial power over the fights. And Wachowski was like, yeah, okay, we trust you, so you can have it. And he's like, oh, crap. <laughs> and I want to be able to punch anyone in the face if they look at me the wrong way <laughs> and get away with it scot-free. And like, well, <laughs> we just assumed. Yeah, so he, um, he, and then he said, okay, well, I'm going to need all the actors for four months training before we start shooting. They're like, oh, all right. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm doing this movie. I guess there's no plausible reason for me to not do this movie. <laughs> Sons of bitches. And, uh, and Trinity uh, hurt her ankle uh, towards yeah. the end. That's Carrie Ann Moss, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So she didn't, she didn't tell anyone because she didn't want to get recast. Well, good job on that. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell. <sighs> You can't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Is that uh, it? For this yeah. tweet synopsis. Mm. Shall you? Okay. Oh, that's right. Sebastian didn't prepare for this. I one. normally write <laughs> down at least my tweet, my movie babies. Today is just full, full. What's in? My, in I'm my gonna heart. call him out on it because normally it's me, and no. I did prepare. 
I've got this. Um, everyone thinks Neo is the one, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't. And we'll talk about that later. The movie hashtag. I didn't prep. I think you also yeah. went over character wise. No, I don't think so. It's like a sentence and a half. Um, it's a disturbing story about a bunch of human rebels trying to disrupt a computer utopia. Hashtag. I'm on the side of the Terminators. I can't do it. Alex? Wow. <laughs> um, <clears throat> guy gets woken up from an almost all right dream into something shitty and is expected to save everyone. Hashtag the unlucky chosen chosen one. Aww. He's pretty lucky. He gets taught kung fu and <laughs> drunken style kung fu. Show me. No, I won't. <laughs> oh. Movie babies? Movie baby. This I am good for. Uh, it came out the year earlier or the same year, but uh, have you guys seen Dark City? Mm-hmm. No. Watch it. Pretty good film. Um, Dark City for just how it's shot and how it looks. And then for the ridiculous martial arts, I'm going to just say Kung Fu Hustle. Fair. It's just, yeah. So yeah. tonally Dark City and choreography, Kung Fu Hustle. Sure. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Blade Runner. Ooh, I like Blade Runner. You don't like say, Crouching Tiger, <coughs> Hidden Dragon? You no, know I like. It's a good choice. Oh. Um, I said it's like watching a computer game mixed with a slow-mo montage. <laughs> You're not wrong. Is that, a, is that a good thing? I mean, I, I like watching the slow-mo guys on YouTube. <laughs> okay. Uh, pretty good. Good. Yeah. Sorry, um, I just got the death eyes because I moved my microphone because <laughs> my banana bread was everywhere. But... Guys, let me finish. Come on. They will understand. Sorry, Alex, continue. But and oh, also more than two things. Yeah. yeah. Oh and, my god. And also Blade, because I needed to put a movie in there. <laughs> you didn't have to, but that's good. Well, I wanted to. Did you know Blade 3 almost ended with a werewolf attack? Oh well. Why do I have to review for that movie and not this one? God damn it. Yeah. Well, the Matrix. Alright, well, let's talk about the good. Yeah. Um Agent Smith. Hugo Weaving in general? Well, yeah, this, this is the movie that brought him to Hollywood's attention. I think I think we have that to blame for everything else that he's done. And then Lord of the Rings was like the year after, wasn't it? Mm. This film Something. Yeah. was one Something of the first like films I personally owned on VHS. Aww. And Aww. when I was growing up, I used to spend a lot of time at my grandparents' place because both my parents worked. And there was a good period of my life where I would have this movie on almost every single day to the point that I haven't touched this movie for about eight, nine years. And the second I put it on last night to watch, I was speaking along to lines in the movie and had to stop and think, how the fuck do I know what lines are coming next? Maybe you're the chosen one. No. This movie is buried somewhere deep in my psyche and it terrified me. But... Apparently, massive rewatchability when you're 16. I think this yeah. movie has pretty decent rewatchability. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's pretty entertaining, even because I've watched it a good number of times. I too had it on VHS and DVD, and have had it yeah since it came out. Pretty much, I wouldn't say I've watched it yearly, but it would be close to that. So I haven't touched this for a long time, but when I was growing up, apart from like that couple of months stint where I was watching it almost every day just because I had nothing else, at least every six months until it just stopped. I remember getting this movie on DVD 
and the DVD eventually got a scratch on it. And oh, no. so literally every scene would like it would start and then restart and then restart and then restart and then yeah. go. But I would sit there and I'd watch it because oh, I really wanted to fucking watch the movie. You wanted the deja vu feel. Yeah. Um, the scene where Neo notices the catwalk twice mm-hmm. and he's like, ooh, deja vu. And they just like turn at him. Well, we've developed a new game in my household that when that scene occurs, one of us makes a high-pitched squeal and yells, deja vu, deja vu, fuck, what do we do? To the point like every time it came up in that movie, we did it. So we did it for like in like a three-minute section about four times. So just letting everyone at home know, guys, fun new game. Scream like you're surrounded by cobras and they say deja vu. It's pretty good. No one else fun did Fun fact. It? Did it happen more than once? He mentions deja vu and they talk about deja vu and you're like, is it sure it was deja vu? It was it the same cat? And he's like, yeah, it's like deja vu. Change every time they said deja vu because they said oh, like, right, yeah, okay. we did it every time. Like they're like children losing their shit because they're in a pit of snakes when it happens. It was great. Made my time fun. Well, turns out they kind of were. <laughs> yeah, they kind of were. We're gonna say so, same. Fun fact about the Matrix is, according to the Wachowskis, all animals aren't Computer. programs. They're yeah. uh, they're just like images. So your dogs don't actually exist. Well, that makes me really angry. Or sad. No, I think I think Why? we find out in the next films that the programs don't have a particularly nice life. So it's probably better that they're just images. Can we talk about the Oracle for a second? Sure. Yes. So she is a computer that program. Done, that was a second. Second. Oh, <laughs> can I go on a little further? I'm sorry. He has got you there. <laughs> yeah, so we will have to move you, on. I can see the point. <laughs> um, so she is a computer program. Yes. I know she's a special computer program, yes. but she is a computer program. Yes, correct. Neo is yes. not a computer program. He is a human being with human thoughts and all that. Yes. How did she actually know about him breaking the vase when he's not part of her script? Like she, she predicts that he's going to do something and he does it. Is she just someone who plays probability really well or what? Because... There's no way in hell that she could know that he was going to do that okay, because he's so not part of it. The way the mythos works is that she can know the future because she can predict every choice that every person will ever make ever in the exact cascading line that they will take until it reaches Neo and the one, she dies and then it goes back. So just because she, she literally knows what choices you're going to make years before you make them... Yep. She can tell you exactly what's going to happen and where. So we just this is just a case of just just believe the thing because well, she, yeah. she yeah. couldn't know because he, there's always a choice, and, but, but like, she knows the choice. And then you get the architect that knows the exact physical prop, prop, properties of everything in the matrix. Yep. So he can predict everything like that. But she analyzes both that and the choices. So she literally has all the information in the entire world. Okay, And so because she knows everything down to the particulate matter, she knows exactly what's going to happen. Okay. So what she's doing isn't perfect, but it's pretty fucking close to perfect. Yeah. Like she could be wrong yes. in theory, but the, because she's always like the 99.99% chance of being right, it's just, yeah. yeah. Okay. Cause I was, but if she didn't say anything about the vase, would he have still done it? He's an idiot. Yeah. He's a klutz. He was a klutz at the beginning of the movie. He didn't know what was what. He couldn't walk properly. He couldn't bend spoons. It's crazy. Yeah, who can't bend spoons? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Okay, I was just curious about that because that really threw me off this time around just because obviously having come back to it after seeing the other two, I was like, oh, but she's not psychic. Like she's not. No, she's and, not psychic. Yeah. She just has so much information that she may as well be. Okay. All right then. I like her though. They yeah, recast her, her from No, they memory. didn't recast her. The, the actor, No, the actress that played the Oracle passed away oh, in she? between the two movies. So oh. they had to get someone else in. Oh, well, I like this one. I mean, I don't remember too much about the, repl- the replacement, but this one's, I liked her. Yeah, then the person, well, we'll talk about when we get yeah. there, but she didn't have as much to work with as this Oracle did. Hmm. A very no. different situation. Something about cookies or something, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so she gives him the cookie and says, like, you know, when you leave, I'm jumping, we're jumping ahead still, but when you leave here, you're going to feel so much better, you know, blah, 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 blah. And she gives, gives him the cookie and eats the cookie. Is this a setup for how the Merovingian works in the second Matrix? The Frenchman who Could be. makes the cake that triggers an orgasm in the woman. Did she make a cookie and bake in happiness to it? I'm yeah. like, because I, I, I thought that I was like, oh, that's clever because they never actually come back and rightfully say it. But this is a mechanic that they've introduced subtly that they're going to use explicitly in another film. And I was like, oh, I wonder. Could yeah. be. Never thought about I, it. I think, I think maybe it was a bit more explicit and then they, they got cut out and so they made it like super explicit. In, in the, the next, next one? Yeah. yeah. I like the idea of food witchcraft. I don't. I just need to stay. It's not witchcraft. It's programming. But it always confuses me because like they are, they're minds. I guess they can have like weapons and shit. Sorry, like kung fu programmed into their minds. But if they can program someone to be happy, why can't they program them to go to sleep and get yeah, killed by the agents? They can't program someone to be happy. But what they can, pro- they do have the program for happiness. Yeah. So they're basically, they don't give the brain serotonin. They give the brain the coding that they're receiving serotonin. So feels happy. Yeah. So it stands to reason that they can just like embed that code in something that you ingest and it becomes okay. reality. I do want to stand up for Cypher for a second. The the guy that betrays them. Yeah. His reasoning or the actor? Both. Ugh. Um I like I like the actor. I thought it was a great performance. I, I like how he always plays pretty much the same guy, just an absolute sleazeball, but he does it really well, so I can see why they put him here. Uh, but that steak he was given, yeah, I can see why he turned on them. That was a good-looking steak. Next time you guys watch it, for me. I think oh, the choice was made so before he gave that, before he got that steak. Yeah, but like that steak is like, all right, Mr. Smith, what do you want? Do you want the Zion codes? There's probably a seven in them. Not Mr. Smith, Agent Smith. Thank you very much. I'll call him what I want Mr. if I'm betraying Agent my race. <laughs> oh. Mr. Anderson. But yeah. uh, I had a fun time. I did admittedly turn off a little bit during this film. I, I think you're just seeing it so many times. It's it was a, a lot novelty of the background at first. characters didn't stand out to me as much as they did back in the day. Not like this. I remember Switch being Not really like important this. for some right? reason. Right? Yeah, she wasn't. She had two lines. Yeah, and she well, looks like no, a poor she did man's have a fair bit more to do like in the car when they were getting Neo and stuff like mm. that. Like she was Yeah. It was almost like she was calling the shots there and Trinity was following her orders, but and then that kind of went away. Do you reckon yeah, she's the poor man's uh, Tilda Swinton? No. Oh, I reckon interchangeable in this. No, just because she has blonde hair and looks Nordic. Short, like, short blonde hair. And we always talk about how androgynous Tilda Swinton looks. Switch's original thing was actually going to be being a woman, jacking in, and her avatar was going to be a male. And they decided last minute to not do that because the whole idea of you know, how you envision yourself is how you appear in the Matrix and that she would always look like a man. And they didn't do it, which I thought, 
I mean, the, the film was resemblance or whatever. Yeah, like the film wasn't lacking for it, but that's still a cool idea. That surprisingly, especially for the, the journey we know these directors have gone on in their personal lives, mm. weird that they never touched on it in any of the three films. Mm. I don't think it's weird. I think it's very like some some issues you don't want to put out in public until they're dealt with. Yeah. Oh well, in saying that, Ready Player One's coming out next year, and spoiler alert: there's a character that's exactly the same thing. And spoiler alert. And that's not to do with the sexuality at all of the uh, creator of that. I mean, Spielberg's bloody directing it for sure. Sorry. Spielberg. So I don't think it necessarily has to be a statement. I'm just surprised that they thought... But is that in the book? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with the movie. But, but I'm saying that the, the author is also not in that same boat. So it's yeah. just surprising. That, anyway, whatever. But interesting tidbit about Switch. It was almost a swatch. Is it a thing? No. And APOC was like... Just nothing. He had a lot of grease in his hair. I'm surprised that Cypher didn't light him on fire. Right. And Mouse. Oh, Mouse. He needs to learn how to take cover. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's just like, there was a big chair and he's like, I'm going to stand in the middle of the room with guns. Like, All right, buddy. Yeah. If you had guns that size, you would also What was that. he doing up there in a room by himself? He was waiting for the phone. So he was yeah. guarding the phone line to get them out. That was the phone to get them out. That was the original phone to get them out. And they couldn't go there because it was being attacked. They had to go downstairs and find the other place. Why weren't they all up there? Because they had to go see the Oracle. And I guess they were all there in case an agent showed up, Mm. I assume. They would need to make sure that everyone got in and got out. They all failed. (laughs) Yeah. Because mind you, Mouse died. Then Morpheus got taken. And I don't think Mouse was stopping Morpheus from being taken. (laughs) No, no. They all went because it was Neo. It was the one. So they had to protect him. At all costs. Yeah, but like literally Trinity and Morpheus go with Neo. Everyone else is just sitting around. I think they staggered for the sense of if something goes down, they can like keep a perimeter up but also get there in parts. Like, But it, like... Instead of clumping them together and having like one bomb go off and kill them all, they'd stagger it. But like there's there's what, seven of them or something? Seven or eight of them? Yeah. They all go in... Three of them leave the other five, four behind. I think there were seven. Okay, so Tank and Dozer, they're up running the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cypher, Switch, Apoc go in with Trinity, Neo and Morpheus, and Mouse stays to guard the phone. So six of them going to the Oracle, but three of them go in and three of them wait outside. Switch, Mouse, Cypher stay behind. Yep. Morpheus, Trinity... And Neo go to the Oracle. Yep. And Mouse is upstairs uh, yeah. away from them all. Yeah. Okay. So the the hard line gets cut. Oh no, we need another phone. Find me a phone. They find a phone, they go to there. Yep. Here's another plan. The other four of them don't go into the Matrix. The three of them go in and they go to see the Oracle. Okay, we're ready to leave. Find us a phone. They go to the phone and they get out. <laughs> yep. Four, four extra lives are saved. Yep. Admittedly, I mean, I mean there was no way of them knowing that Cypher was going to back I know, all, but though. like, safeguards. Yeah, Morpheus is a terrible planner. I guess we'll get to that in the later movies. Yeah. I think Morpheus is the worst leader. Like, he plays the wizened character, but he makes constant bad calls in this series. But he's never... He, never he doesn't w- play the... I think he plays the prophet. He's the prophet. And that's really... And that continues on into the next movies. It's like how people are like, oh, we don't know this what guy. to think about Morpheus because he kind of 
has a lot of faith in things we can't really know about. So Morpheus is holding the the esky full of Kool Aid. Is what's going on, and he's telling everyone to drink it. And half the guys are like, "Oh, you are crazy! You are crazy, sir." I don't know if I want that crazy Kool Aid. No, I don't think you do. Um, I don't know whether to talk about it in this movie because this is the movie the prophecy comes up in, or to talk about it in the third film. But have you guys looked into the whole? Okay, do you guys? I subscribe to the theory that Neo is not the one. Yeah, I, I, you've made me watch this, and you've I watched it. Yeah, I'm on board with that. You reckon? Yeah, Zane, how do you? What do you? What's your theory? Do you, Zane doesn't care. But it matters for the reading of the third film. It really does. No, I don't think it does. I, I've uh, the films are the film, and if the film is presenting that Neo is the one, then that's fine with me. If it turns out in another movie that he's not the one, also fine with me. It doesn't. I, I don't think that I need to prescribe a theory to read the film or enjoy it. Okay. I'm happy for it to be superimposed at the moment. Yep. For the sake of being an interesting podcast that talks about things, though, I'm going to go into this theory because no, having it shut down I in subtext is terrible radio. Um, pretty much the, the theory in, in hand here is that when the Oracle says to Neo, you're not the one, it's because he is not the one. And it's not because he needed to die first to come back the one. Neo is not the one, period. Oh, uh, gross. Yes, gross indeed. The theory goes into that Agent Smith is in fact the one. Yeah. Um, the Who one is in also s- dies and is reborn. That's true. Um, there, are, there are certain stages where the one is uh, referred to as being the offspring of both the Oracle and the Architect, both of which who through their roles have created everything in the Matrix, all the programs, including Smith. And what the one's actual journey and message is to do is to reset the matrix back to that point and fix it. So Smith goes on his bender and screws up the matrix all the way from number two through to the end of number three, but only through him taking over everyone and then having that reboot happen, does he fix the matrix back to a state where it was better than before the first movie started? Yeah. And if he didn't do any of his actions, like... When you look at the end game of what needed to happen at the end of three to fix the Matrix, if Smith did nothing, Neo had nothing. Like that was never coming. Yeah. Yeah. So I am specifically going into these three films now, watching, going, all right, now that I've on board with this idea that Smith is the one behind it, I want to see how different this film can read now because every bit of prophecy doesn't talk about Neo when you when you put them down and compare them. Yeah. So this will be interesting for me because coming into it, I have no intention of recommending two and three if I'm going off my memories, but I'm really curious to see if watching them from a different perspective brings me back on board. Yeah. So I don't mean, I mean to call my shots for the next two. I've been, uh, I went in thinking about it because I haven't watched it since I watched that theory. Mm. Um, and yeah, I like, there's the section where he's interrogating Morpheus and he tells the other two to leave and he pulls out the earpiece. So he unplugs himself. Yep to go on his little rant and I think that's mentioned in the thing and it just like the little bits like that seem to like fit into the puzzle which leads me to that prescribing to that theory. Yeah. So yeah. Also, I, it's a fun theory. Like yeah. I, I like that it doesn't feel yeah. crazy. It's like okay, Neo is the one and we're done. It's yeah. Neo is the one. Or is Agent Smith the one? And then you think about everything that would make him the one. Yeah. And the idea that 
the one being part of the thing and Oracle's prediction has to be something that they can program in. Like it has to be something they can control and make. Otherwise, it's just statistically a chance. The idea of there being all these fake ones Mm -hmm. that people have popped up and been taught to think they're it, but they're still waiting on the real one that they know is coming because the Oracle and the architect are behind the creation of it. Yeah. Kind of fits in too because we get like the full reset that apparently this is like the 12th time that Neo has done this thing. Well, whatever it is, because like when we get to the what happens, like he's not the first person, the first one, yeah, to have that discussion with the architect to reset things that way. So it shows that whatever they're doing is false. So they are going along the false path. Anyway, I guess yeah. we'll get into it more. Is architect number two or three? Two. two, two. It's the end of number two. Three is just battle mechs from memory, battle mechs and screaming and blind Neo. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, Bleo. That's right. Would you guys want to move on to the bad then? Yeah. I thought we were talking about the bad. No, we're on the good. Oh. Yeah. Um, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. He Wooden. does what he needs to. Like, I get, the, I get, uh, I don't like the idea of it, but I do understand the whole blank slate protagonist. Like, I, it makes sense, I guess. I'm going to roll my eyes at that because, yeah, he's a blank slate protagonist and that's the best thing in the world. Oh, I don't know. Like, okay, I think of like Die Hard and we have a very charismatic protagonist and like, Die Hard would not work if Bruce Willis was being a blank slate. So, yeah, I guess. But I, honestly, going under the idea that Nero is nothing special, oh, yeah. it kind of makes sense that he's bland and the charismatic guy is Smith. Well, I guess yeah. like Alex likened it to a computer game. I think if it wasn't, if it wasn't Keanu Reeves, it would feel less like a video game, more like mm. a film or a story. Um, yeah. Do you guys think he's more instead of a blank slate, just more of a real tired guy? Like no, I wooden, think like wooden there's, sleepy boy. Like there's one particular kick that I'm thinking of where he kicks Smith like right at the end, and like his leg just won't go down. Like he basically has to like turn, and like mm. his hip needs like oil or something. I think that's just, just a the, wooden uh, actor. The, the proper form for that particular move. But we'll we'll talk to the choreographer it, about it. It just looks dumb. It looks ridiculous, but yeah. Like well, you I think kick and then you put your leg down, not like you're doing a ballet move. I think Morpheus constantly going with the come on hand gesture yeah. every fight was a good enough reason to kidnap and torture him. Yeah, just about. Oh, God, that scene where okay, Neo is being grabbed in the wall by the agent, oh, yeah. and he just screams and launches himself out of the wall. <laughs> kind of does like the um, praying mantis hands or whatever, you know, like the yep. oh, and it just like goes down. Oh. Like it's oh, it's cringeworthy. There were so many cringes, but I, I love when he screams and throws himself through a wall to tackle someone. But then I like so loud, and it wasn't meant to. He's getting hit, and his his screams are like. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it just, I don't know, it, that just irked me. Yeah, I don't think... It wasn't my favourite. Performance-wise, I love what he does with all the dialogue. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think poor Larry was built for martial arts. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It, like, some scenes were fine. It's just, obviously... Poor Larry. Lawrence. Ah, oh, right. Um, I don't know, like... In his defence, a lot of the scenes you would never be asked to do in any other movie. No. But he's just being asked to flip around. Um... <laughs> I know it came. Put these wires on. (laughs) Yeah, I know it came from this debatably. I mean, blade or whatever. But the bullet time thing. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's been parodied so much that this is the part of the film that has aged for me. I can't deal with any time it goes crazy slow-mo in these films. Like, especially like when Trinity jumps and it freezes and does a 360 around her. I, yeah. I know it came from here and it was edgy at the time, but I think they made a mistake doing something like that because it does look really cheap over time. But it didn't when it first came out. But I'm talking about the age of the movie. Oh, and honestly, I think it's just because it's been parodied or yeah, parodied and I overused think, now by other people. I, I think, don't think after the fact, yeah. like, yeah, I think it's been because, strangled. Because the effect itself has been refined and kind of chiseled down to something much more palatable. Whereas at this time, yeah. The Matrix itself was a, a movie that was really far out of left field uh, and really kind of did things that no one else was doing and really stylized. And this bullet time really took full advantage of that. It was like, this is something that we are really... Like, Blade did it, but they did not do it to the degree that... Mm. I think Blade did it for, like, a shot or two. Yeah. Like, not much at all. And then this one, they literally froze it and did a 360 around a character. And they're like, how... How was that done? Um, it was yeah. shocking and everyone was talking about it. And then in the next, before the end of the year, 20 other movies had done that effect. And I think yeah. that is where the weariness comes from. I don't think you can blame this movie or the Wachowskis for having an effect on oh, movie making. I didn't blame them. I just, I think there's always a huge risk when you go for over-stylization. Well, okay, they didn't go for over-stylization, but they hit it. For, well, for me anyway. And... I, I mean, there were, there were a couple of times where I was like, uh, again, yeah. but like... Like for me, it crossed a line at certain stages where it can look cool, it can look badass. Maybe I've slipped slightly out of the demographic, but it just looked like they were having a tug. And I'm like, all right, you, I get it. You love you love being edgy with your cinematography, but I just... Uh, some places it just felt unnecessary. Like you had this good beat going with the film. You had this lovely techno beat for every fight scene. I didn't need constant pauses with that same fucking score coming in as well. With it's, I think it's stringed. And it's the I, I I'm not the music I guy. I can't describe it. Uh, it if I played it to you in any context, you'd be like, "Oh, that's the music from the Matrix." It's like their con- it's like the Matrix theme. It always plays when the bloody when they're like the zoomy in the intro with like the green writing and stuff. It's like I don't know. It's an orchestra. There's strings. That's the best I can do to describe it. But yeah. That, but like the slow part of it when they're pausing yeah. every scene and it's like, all right, cool. I love wrestling. I love when a wrestler comes out and they hear their theme song because I know what's going on. I do not need that fucking sound every time someone slows down. I liked yeah. it. Fun fact about the slow motion though, um, when the helicopter hits the side of the building, um, Slow Mo Guys YouTube channel, um, yep. they confirmed that that's what glass would do. It would have the ripple effect before... Um, smashing. Oh, that's really interesting. So, yeah, it's, it wasn't just like a cool effect that they put in for the movie that would have actually happened. Um, can't tell you which video it is, but it's on their channel, Slomo Guys slash YouTube or whatever. I'm sure you Guys in Glass. Yeah. Come up, yeah. That's really um, cool. Yeah, it was like when I saw them do that, then they like played the clip from the movie and I was like, holy shit, that's cool. I've seen wonderful ones of people hitting golf balls. And yeah, like, and the Because ball, of how hard like, they are, you don't think they're going to actually... Yeah, like they like bend wobble, in on themselves yeah. and stuff. It's insane, but shit in slow motion is just cool. But yeah. when you overuse it in a movie, <laughs> yeah. I mean, another thing that I had an issue with 
And I know that's all part of like the bending the rules in the world sort of situation. But right at the start, Trinity gets busted in and then she's doing like the, she does the slow motion, like fly up in the air, split kick thing, and then continues to get shot at, but decides to run backwards and like up the wall and around the corner and then back down, achieving nothing that she would have not achieved if she had just run straight at the guy. Like except it was, she missed, except she didn't get hit with bullets. So yeah, you have to kind of assume like, that she's dodging the bullets. I don't. Okay, this scene. I, I, I went mean, into this because I remember the ads for this movie not showcasing everything that was going to go on in this movie. And yeah. I was seeing for this first scene, and I was like, "Ooh, you know, people just walked out right then, right?" Like when when their first slow bit motion bit happened, I was like, "Oh, there is one half of your audience with their jaws on the floor." And the other half going, what the fuck have I come into? Is it still time? Can I get my refund of my ticket? Because it looks, doesn't happen now. <laughs> I think you had 15 minutes to get out. I think. It, I don't think they refund tickets. Oh, I think. Oh, maybe I don't know. I don't care. I thought they did, but it doesn't oh, really matter. The point matter. is, yeah. is it's like it was so. I think they, they they threw it in that first scene because that first scene you actually don't need. That's a pointless scene. That is just to show us. Oh, cool. Shit is fucked in the Matrix. Like, yeah. or without even saying it's in the Matrix, that's just giving us this place as cartoon logic physically. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's it. But it plays nothing at all into the narrative, and it must have just been there as a grab, I guess, just to keep people entertained. But I think it was. A, I mean, this film went bananas at the box office, so I'm not here to give financial advice. But if I was on the production team of this, I'd be like, "Well, you hide that scene. You give them a slow intro. You stick with Neo, and you go on through because that is." crazy town without any notice. No, I think that's exactly what they're after. It's like, this is this film. This is what you're going to get. I know, but from seeing the marketing though, I was like, oh, that's really big whiplash effect. Like all of your over 50-year-old people are just like, what is this? These films aren't marketed over 50s, even in the 90s. Oh, No, absolutely not. I think so. Cyberpunk is not for the over 50s market. But, cyberpunk is definitely but do we like have teens a to huge cyberpunk 20s. market. There was when this came out. Yeah, There's all the counterculture. Goth, goth was still a thing back then. Ugh. It's just verging into emo, which is yeah, and that kind of all that counterculture. The like all the, the how big of a thing were neo style trench coats for ten years after these films? My brother wore one to his formal well, in like two thousand and six. Like <laughs> these was a cultural phenomenon. I was gonna say like, I lived in Brisbane, which is a very hot place. <laughs> I didn't see many of these long leather coats. Maybe in Melbourne they were a hip thing. Uh, but. Sorry, I should say it was a Matrix styled. It was yes, like yeah. it was like linen blazer yeah. material. <laughs> oh okay. Yeah, still but like so, down to his ankles. Oh, which brother was it? Joe. Oh no, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I don't <laughs> think it's fair to put on a movie that like okay, let's just let's just start out with just average average times. There's guys in an office, and okay, then we'll edge it into. Oh no, maybe he has to jump out onto the the window cleaning thing. Oh no, he's gonna fall and dies. Oh, but he can jump really far, and then we like ramp up, ramp up, just like little bits of like no. I think it's, I think it's I mean, fair to like first scene, just like bam. Yeah, I mean, this I'm not do amazing things. I, I'm on board with that. Like, I, I like that it started off with like a bang, hmm. but the ridiculous, like, it, I, it was just a little too ridiculous. Even at the time when you first watched it, were you like, "What is she doing?" No, but now after having to analyze every single fucking film that I watch, and every frame of every film, <laughs> yes, 
all all the frames. And that's that's what I'm <laughs> saying. Like this movie, yeah, it just like like uh, what was the other movie we were talking about? Blade. No, it was so th- this movie has changed how action is filmed. It has changed how uh, choreography is filmed. Like I don't think John Wick would exist without the Matrix. Well, to be fair, Keanu Reeves probably wouldn't exist with or without Matrix. Keanu Reeves. I don't think that Sherlock film, Holmes, the I don't think Downey one, the Raid and Raid Redemption. <laughs> I don't think they would exist with this without this film. Mm. Like those fight choreography wasn't such a big thing until. This the Matrix really brought it into mainstream Hollywood. Yeah, no, I, I do agree yeah. with you. It definitely shone a big light in it. The devil was like, "Ooh, money! I can make money off this." Money, I don't know. Money, I feel money, like money, I'm money, getting money, money, money. very cynical when I watch this film. You this, sound like you're getting very cynical. This film this is film. what eighteen years old now. Yes, Ugh. and actually, yeah, eighteen years. I, I tried. Yeah, I struggled though. I really did. And I know this is the good one, but it really was fighting against me while I was watching it. And I, I, had, I, no, I had nostalgia watching it. I, I tried. Like, I, I was speaking along with lines and the worst part was I didn't want to. I just knew them somewhere. It was just buried in my head behind in that place where my fucking accounting class should be. That's where, <laughs> That's the, Matrix where the Matrix is. is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to move on to recommendations then? Yeah. Who wants to who wants to go first? I will. This sure. movie totally stands up. Watch it. Watch it regularly. It's a good film. I think Matrix, regardless of anything that came after it, uh, I think it checks all the boxes. It has a, it's an interesting concept shot in an interesting way. Uh, all most of the performances are at least passable, um, but honestly, you don't go to see an action cyberpunk movie for the moving performances. Uh, love the Oracle, love Agent Smith, the end. I actually really like Lawrence Fishburne in this as well. Mm. Yeah, uh, I would say yes as well. Um, I've watched it so many times and I can't say to you, don't go and watch this film because that would that would just be misleading. Um, it, I... May not hold up as much as I thought, but it's still good enough to watch. You know, like if you don't have anything else to watch, or even if you do have something else to watch and you feel like watching, you know, something lighthearted and actiony, watch this. You don't mm. have to get into it. It's it's a decent film. Go That's the thing. It. Even if you don't buy into the whole philosophical part yeah. of it, it's a fun action film. Yeah. Even if you don't want to get into the action part of it, there's a lot of really quippy lines. Like there's a, there's yeah. some good repartee and dialogue in this film that you Mr. can appreciate. Anderson. Well written, which the is something way, I don't think we get to say about the next film. The way Weaving says Mr. Anderson every time, like that's that was probably one of the biggest quotes from the film. For but me, the tragedy why. about this film is I love all the theological issues they get into. I love everything behind this film. I love the reason the characters are there. I love the journeys they are going on. I love the, the, the whole concept of The Matrix, not just because it's a ooh, cool sci-fi thing. No, I love the idea of having to escape one reality to move into another one that might be worse, but it's real. But the fights and the, the general action, while it's, I mean, slow motion aside, I'll push that to one little corner, which I don't like. All the choreography is great. The action's great. The shooting is great. Everything works really well. But it doesn't keep me interested. And 
I'm, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I would love a book like this delving into these issues because the action is, I guess it keeps my blood pumping and keeps me mentally turned on in a sense that I'm not drooling when the when the you know, theology gets out the window. But I don't know. I'm, it's, I'm trying to work out for me whether it's enough to say to someone who's never seen this before, right now in 2017, go watch this film. I'm going to say yes reluctantly because I'm terrified it's not going to get better from here for me. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I mean, you've seen, you've seen the sequels, right? But not for years. They don't get better. Yeah. yeah. So, it, but yeah. I'm hoping. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm hoping watching them with the Agent Smith theory in mind. Maybe this other time around, I'll find a new point of appreciation. Maybe I won't. Maybe they'll still suck. But I don't know until we get there. But right now, if I can give one guaranteed yes out of the three, it's gonna have to go to this one. Yeah, but if you're yeah. hoping for less action in the sequels, oh, you better. <laughs> the funny is, I have good memories of the on. mech fights, which is the funniest thing because that's the thing that they just here are mechs. Like there you go. Oh, that's fine with me. If you want to see something that kind of reminds you of um, X-Men Apocalypse <laughs> where they didn't quite finish the CGI, <laughs> wait for the next one. <laughs> oh, I remember the PlayStation 2 graphic era Neo yeah. spinning around on a pole oh. fighting Smith. That's much, muchness to me. It's I don't... <sighs> It's not I'm great. I'm sorry. You, you can't not hold that against that film <laughs> and hold the bullet time against this film. No, but the bullet time was overused for me and because they decided this is the style to go with, whereas I don't want to be the dick that goes, they didn't spend enough money on Neo's graphic face. Like, ugh, whatever. Like, well, they didn't. I, no, I agree they didn't. <laughs> I, will, I agree with you. Like, I think they used overused CGI where they were mostly traditional camera mm. and... Uh, techniques in this film. We'll, we'll, get, yeah. we'll get into that in two weeks' time. <laughs> All right. But, but I'm, uh, let me, I'll just warn you, I'm going to hold you to what you said about this film. Yeah, that's fine. If Watch this film for a kind of smart take on a concept that I'm sure you can find in a book somewhere else better. I don't think it's smart. I think it's interesting. It is interesting. I, no, I don't mean the machine part. I mean I like the ex- existential crisis of... It's like Cypher's character, someone who would rather live in the dream because reality is so harsh on them or people um, being led out of there by Morpheus to find salvation, like all these great ideas. I am bet there's somewhere else better though and I will find it between now and our fourth review of this fucking series and I'll be like, here's the book you should read. I take back my recommendation of The Matrix 1 but until that happens, I guess it's a tick. You mean do androids dream of electric sheep? There's, a, there's another series, there's a sci-fi series. I, I, I can't remember the name. It's, it's a Japanese Runner. one. No, it's not, it's not Blade Runner. It's a Japanese story that was rewritten into English. I just can't remember its name and I'll get to it later. Okay, sure. Um, so you guys that's your make... problem to deal with now. Yeah. What do you want to do? Let's do a prequel. Yep. All right. Has to involve a blimp. Has to involve the blimp. Okay. Um, can you? I don't want to step on your idea, so I can change this if you don't want. Um, yours is now about the previous, the one. I'm going to assume is yours. Is that there? He's Adolf Hitler. But, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Hey, hey! I did you a favor. This is on a blimp. Why do I always get a blimp? Wait, no, someone else did a blimp. 
I did a rooftop. Yeah, that was mine. He gave me a rooftop. Someone else had no. Someone else had a blimp. No, someone else had Hitler. I had Hitler and rooftops. I had Hitler on rooftops no, and a musical. There was there was a blimp. I had to redo I had a sequel to Cabaret. That's right with Hitler on a rooftop. Well, Dose, this is a good one. No, trust me. but there was another one with a blimp. Okay, yes. then it has to be underwater. Well, then how Hitler? We've done that as well. <laughs> literally last to, time. Okay, then Hitler has to be on fire. No, we did that exactly. We did that as well. We literally did that as well. Hitler has to be dressed like a clown. There we go. Completely fresh. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Wait, no, we did clowns. We did clowns. I did Give me fucking- a style. Hitler has to be okay. Zombie movie. That's, zombie that, movie Matrix. Sorry, we, we did do clowns. Remember, I had those two damn clowns. Who even cares? No one's going to make this movie. <laughs> okay, so. Hitler's the one. Everyone's dead. Can you pitch this like people would make it? <laughs> like people would make it. Yeah. Uh, so I know don't pitch just, it like a set movie. I know okay. Zane just yelled, no one's going to make it. And I just shat on your idea. But trust me, someone might make this one. He you, hasn't given you, me an idea. You guys be the producers. I've just walked in with my storyboard. Hitler's a zombie. This is where you yell, get the fuck out. No, no, no. And then that's my pitch. As a producer, <laughs> I would just be like... I'd lean in slowly and be like, mm, go on. This is why Seb isn't a producer. Maybe there's gold hidden in that pile of shit. Maybe I, this person ate gold before they went to the bathroom. Actually, there, there are some decent Nazi zombie movies out there. This probably isn't going to be one of them. Just kidding. It's going to be beautiful. So, Hitler's the one. We know this because he has a zombie uprising that uh, is following him who... Uh, the army of undead to take down the sentinels or agents um, in the Matrix world. The end. I like it. I'll make it. Yeah, good. Thank you. <laughs> you did a very good job and we're all proud of you. Yeah. That was really patronizing. No, it's not. I'm just... I'm, <laughs> you know, guys, it's because he's reading something else and wants to say something to make it sound like he's supporting me. No, I, I can never see it because if... If Hitler was Neo and Neo could, say, take control of the Sentinels and then each Sentinel could plug into the Matrix and be like a zombie in the Matrix, then he could lead a, a war on two fronts. Done. In the Matrix and out of the Matrix. This podcast was a mistake. Thank you for joining <laughs> us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, next week we are reviewing the Animatrix. Yay. Spoiler alert. It's not as good as I remember. It's exactly as good as I remember. Uh, well, let's have fun. Let's do it. Okay, thank you for listening, everyone. So if you want to get yeah. in contact with us, there are a number of ways to do it. You can go to our website, which is secondtakepodcast.com. Or you can email us because we have one of those things. We are secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. And always we've got Facebook, you know, Facebook slash second take. Is that right? Sure. Yeah, yeah sure. That yeah. one. Or Second Take Podcast, you you find it. Yeah. And Twitter, at Second Take TNC. Or we we have an Instagram, funnily enough. Sometimes we post video. No, well, actually, we no videos. No videos of pictures, yet. though, that are funny. There was, there was a quite a smart tweed jacket on there the other day. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, I got bored. Um, <laughs> really? Also, um, if you guys want to support the show, we also have a link to our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Second Take. Um, this is a, a, a big variety of ways that you guys can give to us. It starts as little as $1 per month, which is 12 bucks a year. And it's pretty, pretty low and pretty simple. 
But we've also got sort of a group goal going at the moment there. So once we hit our first target, which is collectively uh, $50 a month, we're going to release uh, all of our reviews of the Monty Python film series. Ah, and then yes. the idea is ongoing from there for every little milestone we hit, we're going to do extra series for everyone. So sort of a... So please go on and sponsor us so that we can review the Monty Pythons because I can't watch them until then. It's true. We're not allowed to watch any movies unless we're reviewing them. (laughs) And yeah, if you want to have a listen to any of the other podcasts that any of us are on, um, go to thatsnotkindofproductions.com, which is the mothership for all of of our other podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. In one of them, I'm a wizard. It's pretty good. Yeah. And I get to torture that wizard. It's even better. (sighs) And maybe just one day... There'll be solo podcasts that we do. That solo you can find podcasts, there. yeah, where we just talk at ourselves. Yeah, yep. The good. best kind of Fun. podcast, no interruptions, right? Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> none of, none of this over talking of each other. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to think fans will literally pause just to be like, "That's that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how that works." <laughs> just because it's you in the room by yourself, Seb, doesn't mean you're incorrect. Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, uh, thanks very much for listening. And go do all the things on social media. Hooray. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.